just always going to be there. It's just a matter of whether you dwell in it or you let it control you or something. So yeah, I've just been a big promoter of managing your feelings and stuff like that and, and your negativities. You're listening to another conversation of Positive AF Podcast. Hey, and welcome back, everybody. Today, I have another talented member of my team over at Positive Cast joining us today. She's interning from UNLV's School of Journalism and Media Studies. After years of being riddled with anxiety, she learned how to love herself unconditionally and found ways that worked for her to manage and befriend her anxiety. Art was her medium to channel her energy and express these difficult emotions where words fall short. Listen to her story of how she used different art mediums to break the stigma of mental health conversation. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Positive AF Podcast. I'm your host, Des DeCosta, and today I have with me an amazing student from UNLV. She's interning with me this spring 2021 semester. She's doing a lot of amazing work. Um, she's here to share her story as well. Her name is Sophia Serrato. Welcome to Positive AF, Sophia. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, for sure. We've been talking about having you on this show for a while now. And, um, you know, before we just run right into the episode, I do want to open up the space with um, some gratitude. So what is it that you are grateful for? What's the first thing that comes to mind today? Um, the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to gratitude is I'm grateful for my family and the little things they do for me. Because if it wasn't for their little actions and their little uh, bits of help like I wouldn't be where I am today I don't think like like I would function but I don't think I'd be where I am now so I'm grateful for my family and the little things they do for me yeah I love that yeah family is a real big factor for me too and and grounds me through everything um, so I love it let's get right into your story then um, so you know before we do that I know that you are a, a student at UNLV can you elaborate on that a little bit? What are you studying and what do you plan on doing when you graduate? So yeah, I'm a journalism major at UNLV. Uh, um, my concentration is just media studies, but I also have an AA in journalism media studies with, okay, bear with me, it's kind of a long title, with a concentration in public relations and advertising. So basically by the end of this semester, I'll have my bachelor's degree in journalism. And the reason why I went to journalism is I'm interested in a plethora of things that, with the media, like writing, art, stuff like that. Design and journalism just happened to hit all my interests. So what I wanna do with it, um, I could see myself working in media production or being like a copywriter like I am now, or just something, creative something that lets me create for creation's sake or something like that it's like so I could do a lot with my degree because uh I just have a lot of interest so I don't have a definite like career plan but I know my opportunities are open for a lot of things especially living in Las Vegas where we're surrounded by the media and we need the media to thrive as Las Vegas so 
That is all super true. Yeah, honestly, I didn't expect you, like if you had an answer, that's great, but things can change all the time. Like an opportunity might land in your lap that is, you know, not even anything that you would have originally thought was in your plan. So it's good to have a plan, but you know, we don't need to stick to it all the time um, for sure. Like when I first started my college career, I started out as a bio major and I, took, oh. I wanted, I was pre-med for a while actually. And um, I wanted to do that because um, my dad, he had cancer and a lot of, you know, medical conditions that I've just felt so passionately in that direction. But, you know, as much as I was passionate about his health and my own health and learning about that process, that just seemed to not be the road that I, that, you know, was, was for me. I ended up taking a few classes and realizing like, okay, you know, this is just not in line with what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then from there, I took a few business courses and was an economics major for a little while. And it led me down to the path of marketing, which was a beautiful marriage of my love for art and digital design and creativity um, in the marketing space. So yeah, there's a lot that you can do with that. And um, what you've been doing for my company, Positive Cast, really is a, an example of just how versatile you can be and what you can do. So can you explain a little bit about what you do on your day-to-day -day at Positive Cast? So yeah, for Positive Cast, I'm, like I said, I'm the copywriter, which entails that um, I write the articles for Positive Cast and stuff like that, but I also handle some of the social media, like with the cross-posting and everything, like I make and find the banners that are appropriate for the article so yeah I primarily write but I also like create graphics too and also I've been like um helping with show notes and stuff like that or helping uh with emails and stuff like that just look little things but yeah I primarily write articles in my process like beginning of the week we talk about uh what I'm gonna write and then by the by our team meeting we go over everything like I get input from you guys and then usually by Mondays I have is scheduled for publication both on the main site and our Facebook page. So yeah, that's primarily what I'm doing for Positive Cast. And seriously, guys, like go check out the blog section of positivecast.com because literally before Sophia came on board, there this was nothing. Like it didn't exist. So when I spoke to Sophia and with her skill set. It was a big endeavor of ours to really get this blog section going. It's really, you know, like it's, it is a blog, but it's more of a resource hub for podcast hosts and folks looking for positive resources to um, enlighten their life. So some of the things that she's written is how to prepare for your first podcast interview, the step-by-steps, also 10 journaling prompts that build positivity. We have another one coming out next week, which is going to be um, all about what is toxic positivity. Um, along with those, she is the one who is responsible for putting up all of the um, articles relating to Positive AF. All those episodes are up there. So guys, when you do check out positivecast.com or resources section, check out all these blog posts because I'm sure you're going to find something on here that resonates with you. So awesome job, Sophia, so far. Like 
really like it's it's a stellar job um yeah you. I, I hope you can take away a lot of what you've learned in this internship and a lot of um you know just the skills that you've built on and and figure out and just keep refining it because so far it's a it's a job well done here um i'm glad i, I was able to build up the blog because yeah when uh, when I first saw the blog, like there was only like one article there, so I had to build off from that. But yeah, we've been we have like three pages worth of blog articles now, like since I got there. But yeah, it, it has been a learning experience and, and a very beneficial learning experience. Like it's helped me a lot. Like it's helped hone in like some writing skills of mine. So I highly appreciate being part of this team. Definitely, yeah. I'm so glad that you're here with us, and you know. Beyond that though, the bigger picture is to just provide these free resources for people right. who may not know where to start. I mean, you know, the podcast is one thing and, um, you know, Positive AF podcasts and our resources that we provide on this show, if you listen regularly is one thing, but, you know, just having them all in one concise area uh, for them to live so again, go check it out, S small plug here, but it's positivecast.com. Go click on the resources section. And um, yeah, it's gonna be a really good time to just read all the resources that we've pulled together and keep on pulling together. But on that note, like the whole reason why we're doing this, like let's get down to that, right? And this might be a little bit more of a, you know, let's, let's get a little bit vulnerable here because we've all needed to reach and find these resources for one way or another. Um, I've shared my story a couple times now, um, but I'd love to know kind of, Sophia, what story you share in terms of, you know, mental health and positivity. So, yeah, I, I did grow up in a open and supportive household where they were honest about like, whatever was going on. And I had friends who trusted me enough to tell me that, and that without them knowing it, it's helped me handle my anxieties and like my self-doubt, like, especially when I was younger, cause uh, like I was just riddled in self-doubt and anxiety to the point where it controlled how I lived my life. Like, um, like it turned me into like a person like, um, who wanted to help others, but but by doing that, I severely sacrificed my wants and needs and stuff like that. So yes, I had the support, but I didn't, I don't know, like uh, I felt I was so put down and dragged down by anxieties. But now, especially the past few years, I've been able to manage it and stuff like that because I realized like people opening up to me about their anxieties and such, like it's helped me. So why am I any difference like if I open up about certain things like I could be helping someone else whether I know it or not because you never know who you're helping unless you open up about certain things so like it could save someone's life it can help people manage with whatever they're going through whether it's something trivial or something serious or anything so yeah so far it's just been a journey of trying to manage rather than completely rid of my anxieties because it's never going to go away like I would always get advice like oh it'll just go away one day it's like you won't have to worry about it. it's like no it's a lifelong thing like there's people 
I know who are in their 70s, 80s, 90s who still have these things that trust me well enough to open up about that. So it's like, it's just always going to be there. It's just a matter of whether you dwell in it or you let it control you or something. So yeah, I've just been a big promoter of managing um, your feelings and stuff like that and then your negativities. I can mirror that 100%. I love that you said you make peace with it. Like, honestly, if you don't make peace with your anxiety, it's going to keep building and, and nudging you and being that annoying friend. So another thing I would say is to befriend your anxiety, to befriend these emotions and feelings that keep coming up or else they're going to keep bombarding you and get worse and worse, honestly. Um, so like when you first experienced, let's talk about that. What was a moment that you first experienced anxiety? Was there a moment that like really stood out to you where you were like, damn, this is like heavy. Like I need to start working on this. Hmm. Like, I feel like I've always been an anxious person. Like even like my family told me this, like even when I, I was like drawing something, it's like that. It's like, if I don't finish it, I'll be a failure or something like that. It's like, I've always had it, but when I noticed it's a, it was a problem was probably around high school or something like that. Cause it would get to the point, like you were mentioning, like, if you, uh, like if you don't address your emotions, it just builds up. And then uh, like, it got to the point with me, like where I would not talk about it, but it would be to the point, like when it did come up, it would be like a huge, like burst of like panic attacks or anxiety attacks, or just like, uh, Hold on, like a uh, emotional fits or something like that, where, where if I addressed it earlier, it wouldn't be as big. So I would say around high school is when I know it's like, oh, this is an actual problem. It's really dragging me down. But I don't think I did anything about it until I was around 19. So spring of 2017, I think, is when I actively started working towards managing it because I was tired of having panic attacks. I was tired of like uh, being on the bathroom floor, like just trying to get through a panic attack or something like that. And it, it took a while, like it took a while to not have such frequent like attacks or something like that. Like, actually, it's been a year since I've had an anxiety attack. And even then it wasn't as bad as it used to be. So yeah, when I recognized it was high school, but I didn't work on it till early college. So yeah. That is so huge that it's been a year and that you've seen some amazing progress with yourself. I'm finding a common theme. Like, you know, that's why this stuff needs to be talked about on, I think my past three most recent shows, people have expressed the same things happening to them. You know, it's definitely to some extent a mental game, but no, like you really feel it in your body physically like you feel like you're being hunted down by an animal or something that's literally, and then your body reacts to it. And um, if nobody else knows what you're going through, nobody else can feel what your body's going through, right? But at least putting that message out there, folks can try to understand like, okay, what are the triggers? You know, oh, this person, I haven't heard from them in, in a little while, like, you know, are they okay? or what's going on. Um, so yeah, that's why we're having this dialogue from the get-go because that is such a common theme that I'm finding is the whole, you know, anxiety leading to panic attacks, 
leading to isolation. And then, you know, at that point, either reaching out or not, hopefully that person does reach out for help and, and tries to, you know, help manage their anxieties a little bit more. But thank you for, for sharing that because I know how vulnerable and, and sometimes society doesn't want to hear it. You know, it's a hard thing to hear. It's a hard thing to talk about, but um, yeah, I think we're normalizing it because you've experienced it. I've experienced it. Almost everybody who I know is, is grounded in themselves who has told me they have experienced it in some way, shape or form. And um, so after that, after you realize you needed to manage this a little bit, where did you start? Like, how do you start? So apparently I was practicing management like the whole time. I just didn't realize it was like emotional management until around college or something like that. So when I would open up, it would be indirectly through like art and stuff like that, like through my written works or my short films or my art pieces or something like that. So I became more aware of why I was doing that. So, but then when I would express it in my pieces of art, like I'd be open about, it. I wouldn't just put it out there. It's like, here, take it as you will. But like, I would actually explain, it's like, reason why I did this for my film is because I feel this and I want to express it this way. So I kind of found my own therapy or realized my own personal therapy and outlet for that. And then I became even more honest with expressing it like verbally and visually, like, like I didn't hold back. Cause sometimes like, especially in my writing, I would like just hold back the exact feelings, but then I adopted like more free verse, like stream of consciousness things, like actually writing it out. It's like, oh, okay. Now I can see it in a tangible form. How am I going to work with it now? It's like, that's beautiful. Okay, so we're talking about therapy through art, like self-healing through art. That's not, that is amazing. And that's not something that I've covered yet on the show. And it's, you're the first one to bring this to the table, to be honest oh. with you. Um, but that's the thing, like some people do these things just by default because they know it makes them feel good, like writing poetry or drawing, making whatever art form um, speaks to you and all of that people whether you realize it or not is some form of self-therapy um, so that's amazing do you have anywhere by chance that like people can view your work yet um well since I was 12 I've been making like music videos and short films mm -hmm. like mostly for school and stuff like that and a lot it spoke to a lot of people but um it's called um Space Cow Productions and it's on YouTube you should be able to view most of the short films and music videos there. Like it, it covers like emotional stuff, but some, some of it's like kind of fun, like surreal mm -hmm. stuff too. So, but it covers like identity and like emotional turmoil and stuff like that. And like conditioning, like you're conditioned to not talk. Like there's this one short film I did that spoke to a lot of people called Helpless. And the whole premise of the thing was like okay she needs to get a biology project done but while she's doing it like she's going through like all this internalized hate and like things that were imposed on her until she has like an emotional attack like in the last third or something the film and that spoke to a lot of people so yeah you can view helpless and my other short films and music videos at space cow productions 
Wow, okay. Oh, I just heard you say some awesome stuff there. Okay, so Space Cow Productions on YouTube. Um, I will need to check that out because you brought up something too, um, internalized hate that we are conditioned to know and feel as our own feelings. So it's like when people impose their feelings on ourselves and make us believe something about ourselves that is truly not our ideas, but you know, it may come from it may come from the people around us, whether it's our parents, where they, where they know or not that they're putting these thoughts on us. It could be our teachers, even our elementary, middle, high school teachers imposing their own feelings on us when they probably don't know that they're doing that. You know, it's just that awareness though. Um, can you elaborate more about that and, and how that speaks to you? Like the internalized hatred in them posing of ideas or yeah but uh yeah it's such a casual thing because we didn't we haven't been really talking about that like as a society to like I want to say the past five to ten years like we haven't been aware of it it's just so ingrained in us like we may be doing it too to other people and we just don't realize it but yeah like people would say just like casual things like oh I went through that too it's like it's no big deal it's like it's like if it's not a big deal to me then it's not a big deal to you or something like that's like oh yeah I have panic attacks it's not a big deal it's like you'll get over it. it's like it'll just go away like I mentioned before it's like no I'm handling it differently so or like there was this other thing like people have this tendency to like put like requirements to um experiences like if it's not it does if it doesn't meet the requirements of it being bad then it's not legitimately a problem it's like oh well this isn't as bad as this so therefore it's not really a problem it's like okay okay we get you have standards for uh problems okay i, I see okay that that hurts a little bit but i understand so dude but it's just damaging yeah, it is. It is. There, there cannot be like, there cannot be those requirements. I mean, as much as, and and why do we make those requirements though? Like, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. Like, you know, like you said, we've only really become aware of this in the past like five, ten years, where this type of dialogue has been really out in the open. But do we put those requirements on other people so that we feel better? so that we have a, an, ex, um, excuse me, like, so that we have some sort of excuse so that they don't have to, so that we don't have to like, you know, help them or something. I think it's a matter of like what they're able to deal with themselves or they've been taught certain things and it's just so ingrained. Like, uh, some people who said that to me, like, uh, they have, like, psychology degrees or something like that. It's like, oh, it doesn't meet my criteria of what I was taught. So, like, I'm not going to deal with it or something. It's like, I happen to run into people, like, who should be able to help you, but they're like, mm, what are you going to do? Or, mm, I don't know how to help you there. Or they try to do a Band-Aid solution, like, just my luck or something. It's like, that's who I run into. But yeah, I think it's a matter of what they're willing willing to deal with, or they're dealing so much with their own problems that they can't take on other people's problems like there's a better way to do that like I, I don't know it's like to say it's like hey I'm going through my own stuff but I'll try to help out as much as possible but like you don't have to be cruel about it. it's like oh that doesn't meet my 
a standard, so I'm not going to help it. That's that's just cruel to me. So mm-hmm. it's almost like minimizing. It's minimizing your emotions and your feelings. No, that's not a thing. Like it doesn't exist. Um, yeah, they're not as important as what I'm going through right now. So you know, I'm just speaking from the other person's perspective, perhaps I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it, because I've definitely experienced it myself. And don't get me wrong, I may have done it in the past without even being consciously aware of the fact that is how I'm making other people feel. Um, So I'll be totally transparent about that as well. But yeah, oh, man, we've dug into some really awesome things. You know, we are starting to come to a close on this episode. But I want to have you take the opportunity to tell people, like, what are some of your go-to tips for managing anxiety? Oh, okay. So I guess my big tip is finding your outlet for expression, whether it's in the arts or sports or, like, giving advice to people is like find your outlet like my outlet is creating for creation's sake and like I said I'm interested in a lot of things so I I just delve into things like oh I'm not expressing myself well enough in this format maybe I'll try this format so yeah it's a matter of trying things and finding what works for you what works for expressing your thoughts unabashedly like just unapologetically like expressing even even if it's positive emotions, like just expressing yourself positive, indifferent, negative, like whatever you're going through, like just find something that's genuine to you. Like the technical skill does not matter. Just like as long as it's genuinely you, that's all that matters.